0: Spring is a time for rebirth. The sun is shining, birds are singing, flowers begin to bloom. And most importantly, BYU football is back. Great
1: run out for still on his feet. 30, 25 yard line. Oh, what a play by Matt Bushman. On a three-step. Loads up. Hits. Oh, man, what a sack. See, talking to Himself.
0: after a sub 500 season the Cougars are ready to use the past as motivation after a season of 49 you have a lot to prove we feel like we can compete against anyone as of right now with a new offensive scheme led by a new staff BYU is focusing on what it believes wins games
2: Execution. We're coming out to practice with passion and energy and enthusiasm. Now we've got to play with a little bit more poise and execute better.
0: With the Cougar season opener set for September 1st, today is a step towards putting 2017 in the rearview mirror and building towards a bright 2018. Sometimes you
3: have to turn the page and just move on to the
0: next part of the, the season. we am looking
3: forward to climbing back and getting past the adversity and, and overcoming the obstacles that we got ourselves into
0: last year. It's time for the BYU Football Spring Scrimmage. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of the BYU Spring Football Game is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen, proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union, and your winning financial team. Les Olson Company. Partner with the pros at Les Olson Company to manage all your document needs. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. By Smiths. Low prices. Market fresh at Smiths BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by New Skin. Discover the best you. Now, let's head live to Lavelle
1: Edwards Stadium and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Good morning, really. It's late morning. Yeah, we it's, are. it's morning football. Welcome inside Lavellibridge Stadium on this uh, first Saturday in April for the last practice of spring football for this new look BYU football team and coaching staff. Last year at this time, the Cougars were coming off a nine and four season and a bowl win. The entire coaching staff returned intact last year, and Tanner Mangum was poised to retake his role as starting quarterback. It was a spring of considerable optimism and anticipation. Then came the season itself, and everything kind of unwinded in unforeseen ways, from significant injuries to tactical struggles to schedule challenges. A a campaign of promise unspooling with seven straight losses at one point, submarining the season that ended 4-9 and and prompted an overhaul of the coaching staff and a reassessment of every facet of the program. Today, we get our first look at what Kalani Sitake and his new assistants have in store for these players and all of us as observers, broadcasters, and fans on this somewhat soggy Saturday, but it hasn't rained here in Provo for a couple of hours, and uh, it might come later Maybe not. Right now it's dry and cool, Go but it's, it's football day. Uh, my name is Greg Grubel, joined high above field level by my longtime broadcast partner and former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, uh, BYU is sailing on a pretty successful course, right? Twelve straight bowl seasons. Even the down years were still, were still winning seasons. And Kalani's first season produced nine victories. But then the Cougars went wildly off course, and now comes what the Kalani and Cougar Nation hope are the course correction.
4: Well, absolutely, Greg. Uh, Well done in your recap. I really like unspooled. Uh, That's a new word for me, and I'm going to use it again later on. But uh, I really uh, think that uh, this is their first opportunity to put that new look out where people can see it. The biggest thing that's happened, I think, is that, well, let's first of all just take can it happen? Can it happen that they have this really unusual offseason and then come back and be really successful? We only have to look at one of BYU's opponents, Michigan State, to identify that it certainly is a possibility. In 2016, they were 3-9, and last year they were 10-3. So you have that uh, example. If it's happened to somebody else, you can happen, it can happen for you. And I really think that they're on the right course to be able to get it done. The thing that they've done that's been most important is first of all change the attitude everybody on the team is talking about a culture change and so you change the attitude i got to get rid of that thought that we were losers and uh yeah i'm going to use an interesting quote here from somebody we've never heard of before and uh, his name is chuck swindle do you know chuck swindle no he's a pastor and a radio show host but uh, in the 2016 Ryder Cup, uh, the players got together the night before the final round when they had that big lead, and they had a very interesting meeting, and it was quite different.
1: And uh, Brant Snedeker was the
4: guy that uh, kind of got everybody teary in there. But, uh, now,
1: this is moving day at the Masters, and so so Mark's taking it from, from a big golf weekend into spring football, and here we go. Yeah,
4: with the Ryder Cup. Okay. Uh, he had read this hockey book. and, and uh, So now we got the hockey. <laughs> and it made such an impact on his life, he <laughs> keeps it on his phone so we can reread it. Okay. So he read it to those players the night before. And here's what it was. He stated, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude in my life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than successes, than whatever people might think or say or do. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home, or I might add, a football team. Convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it, We are in charge of our attitude, and I think that that was the case that last year the attitude was not as good as it was the year before. They seem to have an attitude change. It made a difference in their play on the field, and it is changing, as you and I have seen in this practice session for the spring. They have a new attitude. There is a culture change, and uh, they are working to make that an important part of what they're going to do. Greg, my boy we got a little bit of a cloud, a little bit of mist, but it's a great
1: day for a football game. And there it is. We are happy to have radio coverage of today's spring scrimmage for you this morning and afternoon. Coming up after the break, we'll tell you the team's plans for today as our coverage of BYU spring football continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: the BYU football spring scrimmage. Loads up with his right hand, throws down and in, catch me, touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to the Wailord Stadium for exclusive radio coverage of BYU's 2018 Spring Practice and Scrimmage. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons in the broadcast booth along with our engineer, Barry Squires. The third member of our crew today is Jason Shepard down on the field, and Shep will join us just a little later. Here's the format uh, for today's on-field activities. Whether you are listening to us on your drive to the stadium, already here waiting for the players to hit the field, or anywhere else enjoying uh, today's coverage, uh, this is what is in store At 11 o'clock. So we're going to be in pre-scrimmage mode till the top of the hour. At 11 o'clock, there's a 10 to 15 minute period of a stretch, warm-ups, some individual stuff as planned, from 11 uh, roughly eleven ten, eleven fifteen 11:15 to the bottom of the hour, 11:30. We're going to see Skelly, i.e., seven on seven or six on seven, if you will, everything but linemen being involved, and, and so you'll see some of the offensive skill players out, uh, offense against defense. Then around 11:30, so about half an hour into the activities, we should see live. 11-on-11 11 11 scrimmage action for about an hour or more and uh, Kalani anticipates by about twelve thirty, twelve forty-five, live action will wrap up so we'll do a lot of play calling today and a lot of it will be 11-on-11 11 11. but expect that first half hour 11 to eleven thirty, to be kind of what you might see in a typical practice Mark.
4: Yeah absolutely and uh, uh, it, it's been a very lively spring ball that's for sure you know it's so different than what uh, we've seen forever I think uh, it's It got to this point where everybody in the United States started going kind of uh, 90% drills and a lot of uh, teaching in the spring. Uh, This year has been different for BYU. They've been live. They uh, have done a ton of contact, uh, even to the point where in the scrimmages that they've had, quarterbacks were tackled, which was just unheard of. And so the fact that they're uh, making this attitude change, it also is happening in the way they've been very aggressive, and they think that they need to be more physical and uh, have to be able to execute with that physicality. And I think it's been a terrific uh, spring for them so far. I think that they've learned a lot of things about their people, and I think the people have learned. I can really appreciate that these coaches are pretty serious. They are accountable now when the things go wrong. They have to face up to what's happened, and they are also um, more willing to go out and play hard every day. And and I think it's been a real positive impact for him. In other words, what I'm saying is, Greg, the skills aren't quite where I bet they want them to be but their work ethic is above where I think they expected and uh, way above what they did last fall.
1: Now, as the Cougars are putting in a new offense under new coordinator, Jeff Grimes, today's event is not being televised as to retain uh, a certain competitive advantage, but we are here in the booth, and we'll get a good early sense of the kinds of things Coach Grimes and his assistants will want to do in five months when the team hits the turf in Tucson.
4: And I think that uh, we are going to see something similar to what LSU has done. So I think Coach Grimes uh, brought with him something that he has enjoyed as uh,
1: learning the offense at LSU, and I think that's what we're going to see from BYU. So an offensive note there, when we come up after the break, it'll be uh, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki joining us as our BYU football spring coverage continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We are back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU's spring football practice and scrimmage. Warm-ups and live plays still to come. By the way, it looks like it'll be a, a game uniform setup uh, for the players and a royal blue game uniform. The offense is already out there. Offensive line and some others in the royal blue uh, home jerseys, if you will, for the offense. Expect the defense to be in white. So it looks like a kind of a game feel out there. Not practice jerseys, but actual game jerseys out there on the field. Nice to see. Kicking off our pre-scrimmage coverage is uh, Jason Shepard's conversation with Elisa Tuya. BYU's now third-year defensive coordinator. He loses his team's top playmaker and NFL draftee to be Fred Warner, but returns enough stalwart holdovers to have high hopes in 2018, even as at least a couple of key players make some position switches this year. Here now is BYU-DC Elisa Tuiaki talking with our Jason Shepard about the number one goal for his defense coming into spring ball
5: we had a lot of youth and so the i think one of the biggest goals was to was to develop young talent and really see who could be a contributor in the fall i think it's still a little bit too early to see you know who those guys are but we're starting to see some guys kind of rise to the top but also see how either far behind or how much we've developed some of the young players
6: this is year three for you as a defensive coordinator where do you think you've
5: made the biggest strides from year one to today i think you know the uh, I think the, the kids, the, the kids and their consistency has really, um, you know, I think been been one of the things that stuck out to me. It's just, you know, kids um, can make you look like you know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> kids can really make you seem like you're a smart coach. And I think that their their consistency and their play, I thought their toughness. Um, you know through the through these last two years that we've played especially and you know last year was a really tough tough season for us as a team um i thought that the you know their consistency in play was was uh, was a bright side
6: we've heard a lot from almost everybody on the team on just how much of a motivating factor last year was for everybody how has that materialized how has that shown itself on the practice field to this point,
5: you know I think when when each person you know from coaching staff all the way down to to the, to the players um, rededicates themselves and um, you know just uh, kind of check, checks their rechecks their goals and and uh, reaffirms how committed they are to the team and things that they're willing to sacrifice to to not let you know what happened last year happen again. Uh, you start to just see individual efforts. You start to see all these individual efforts combined together just. Put, start to put a good product on the field and and guys are getting better and, and uh, I mean it's not just on the field too I mean here I mean, we're all big believers in um, and uh, you know what happens off the field also shows up on the field and and uh, they all of those guys recommitting themselves to just greatness on and off the field I think is showing up. In the way that they're practicing, and the way, that, in the gains that they're making in the weight room, and the, the the way they're changing, their bodies are changing with the way they're eating and sleeping, and, and doing all things right. And you know, I think it's just it's headed in in the in the right direction. But it's it's been nice to see a lot of kids kind of rededicate themselves to to something greater than just just themselves. It's you know, I'm going to do something individually to know you know for the for the greater of greater of the team which has been really really cool to see
6: one of the storylines for the defense through spring has been some of the positional changes whether it's zane anderson going from safety to linebacker or sione Taki or confences going from one side of the football to the other how have those guys done specifically but also how have those changes made the defense better
5: all of the guys that have moved positions have done a phenomenal job um, and have, I think, it's credit to them for buying in and just doing it. Um, and it's, it's, it's been great for the defense. I think that we're getting more athleticism on the field. You know, we're moving Diane and Troy. Um, you know, to to safety it means we get a little bit more speed on the field when we add the other corners. Instead of leaving, you know, Dine and Troy at corner and having some of the speed stand stand on the sideline, I think that we can get add more speed to the field. And those guys, you know, trying to replace Fred with with a, uh, somebody like Zane, has been. I mean, Zane's done a great job and and been bought in. I think, you know, again, just the, the I think the credit goes to the players to everything that we've asked them to do, right? And I mean, you're gonna move from corner to safety or safety to backer or, you know, DN to back, you gotta gain or lose weight and we're seeing all these guys uh Gain and lose in the right direction, and they're bought into their roles, and they want to contribute to the team.
6: Are there any specific position battles that you're specifically paying attention to for the scrimmage that you're looking for more clarity in?
5: Uh, you know, I think I think we're a little bit different on defense. We've got we've got some guys that um, have have done a lot in the last two years, um, and so I think really for us, it's still more probably more development than anything else. I mean, we've got we feel feel pretty good with with uh, you know some of the secondary guys and the backers that are kind of moving positions and all that stuff and we feel like we'd uh, we really need them for the fall but we we need to see who steps up and is a guy that can contribute and play snaps for us and all that and so i think that really is is probably what we're still doing mm-hmm. um more than man, they're always going to continue to battle right the guy that is coming in for the first time you know guy like christian fullo and and some of these kids that redshirted come in and they want to know how they can they can get more playing time or or win the starting spot and you know it's it's an open conversation in the room in every single one of the rooms right yeah. the battle is always going and it's never really stopped but there's we 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 feel pleased with some of the guys that have that have grown as far as guys that have played in the past like Butch and Shona and Zane and those guys, but we need we need the younger guys to step up and we can't have a big drop off from the ones and the twos and And I think once that happens and we feel comfortable with that, then those guys will continue to continually battle the, the whole time.
6: Well, that leads into to my next question in terms of depth. I mean, everybody talks about depth and every program wants to have as much depth as they possibly can. Where do you think you are in terms of the depth of this team, realizing that there's still a lot of players that, that aren't necessarily here yet, and won't be here until fall.
5: That's always going to be a question all the way to the end, right? And it's and it's a question that you battle with throughout the years. Guys get hurt and all that stuff, and depth is always uh, always a question. Um, we I, we've got we've got guys. It's just uh, I think our comfort level and their comfort level with getting into the into the team into the game and playing. Um, and so you know, decent feel decent about our depth, but just banged up a little bit at the D tackle spot, youth at the D tackle spot as well as at the at the corner and and uh, um, linebacker spot, but uh, we've got guys that can do it, that we feel confident can do it, and guys that we've recruited through the years that are, that are going to be here, but they're still working, and we're still working with them to try to get them where they need to be, um, where they, they can get into a game and, and execute what we're trying to do.
6: You told me a few weeks ago I had asked you if you thought the defense was where you would have wanted it to be at that point. And that was probably two, two and a half weeks ago. And you said at that time they were not. Has that changed? Has the defense picked up the pace, in your opinion, and are they where you would want them to be heading into the final scrimmage of spring?
5: I don't know if I'll ever um, answer to the affirmative. <laughs> I, think, I think that there's always work to be done and and there's always you know refining to do and and guys are going to continually just, just work at their craft. But, uh, um, you know, if we were playing a game tomorrow, if the game was tomorrow, if this scrimmage ended up being a game, I don't know if I could confidently say we're going to go in and and uh, play good. And that's also because it's this part of the year, right, where there's a lot of development in the weight room, and that's where majority of the development's going on. And, and uh, you know, we're kind of lighter on the scheme and, and uh, pulling some guys out of some scrimmages and all that stuff. And so... I, I really feel that probably the biggest thing that we're talking about is just getting young guys ready, right. getting young redshirt freshmen and even freshmen that are coming in ready to play for the first game in, in the fall.
6: So, in terms of specifically with the scrimmage,
5: what are you and the rest of the defensive coaches looking to accomplish tomorrow? Yeah, besides just the development, we would like to see it, see it a little bit cleaner, mm-hmm. you know. And um, there's going to be a lot of young kids getting a lot of reps tomorrow. Uh, we want them to be able to play within the defense and keep it clean, right? Like. Um, we don't. If we can keep the the blown assignments and all that stuff to to a minimum, create some takeaways and keep some energy and juice on the field and and uh, look clean as a as a as a defensive unit overall, then I think it'll be a good day for us.
6: The weather is not expected to be great. What type of factor uh, do you think that that will be in what you guys maybe wanted to do versus what will actually happen?
5: I think I think that affects the offense a little bit more than us, and obviously. We're doing backflips, you know, because we we want that <laughs> sure. as a defense. But um, to, to keep it clean, you know, as a team and as and, and I'm sure as the offense wants to do and all that, it's harder to keep bodies off the ground and all that stuff when, when it's sloppy and wet like that. But it just ends up turning into uh, a run fest, which... I think it would be great for the offense to you know consistently run the ball against us and see if we can stop it you know, that' be good for us I know you've mentioned
6: guys throughout our conversation you've mentioned specific players who are a couple of guys that have have really stood out to you guys that uh, have have made a name for themselves early on, whether they're new guys or guys that have been in the program for a couple of years
5: mm, you know a lot of the guys that have changed positions um, have really stuck out in a positive way because I think the you know Zane moving has been has been great he's been awesome and he's picked things up and and uh, added a lot of speed onto the field and and uh you know losing Fred there was always going to be a question of that Shanna taktaki is is going to be an amazing linebacker he's really really good and he's picked it up he's changed his body and he's so fluid as a player he's a guy that really sticks out i mean dying from you know from corner to safety also yeah. sticks out i mean we get um you know, safeties that that a little bit more speed are used to playing corner, playing that now. And so there's, there's uh, I think the guys that really stick out, the guys that have changed positions, um, young guys that have stuck that stuck out. Um, Devin Galfusi I think is going to be a really good player, um, you know. And I was kind of poke at his older brothers. You know, Bronson's always in here working out, and and also Corbin, but they Corbin and and Bronson, you know, they say it with pride. With pride. They're yeah. like he's going to be the best one out of all of us and. And, uh, I mean, he's. I think he's got a bright future. He's definitely a football kid. And coming into his body and his movement and everything, is looking really, really coordinated for a big guy. You know, always, always see him in the weight room. And that's, that's something that the, the culture that Kalani's brought as far as just being a team that lifts and a team that's bought into the weight room and a team that is about gaining weights and gains and all that stuff. I mean, Devin's all about that. And, and Corbin, and during the yeah. off season not playing basketball, is amazing. If you go and see his numbers... I mean, for for a guy that tall to move a bar that's 300 plus pounds that fast and explosive over his head—I mean, that, that stuff is—it's just—it's just nuts. And so, I mean, that, that you know, those guys I think stick out in my mind. Besides mm-hmm. those guys that have, that have uh, moved positions, and you know, other than that, there's—they're they're all just kind of mm-hmm. working.
6: <laughs> all right, last thing—you've mentioned that one of the things you're looking for tomorrow is for things just to be cleaned up. A successful scrimmage for the defense
5: tomorrow will be what? Thing number one. Everyone's healthy. Number 2, we can get three takeaways and number 3. Well, let me re- re- yeah, I'll, we'll we'll stick with that. Stay healthy. Get three takeaways and uh we got to stop the run. <laughs> That's always what the defense wants to do. Stop the run. It never changes even in a scrimmage doesn't. No, we got to stop the run and and it's going to be it's going to be a task because their the offense is they're awesome. I I think that what they're doing is really really hard to defend and they're playing with the physicality that you can tell that the offensive coordinator is an old line guy.
1: (laughs) Elisa, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. That's our Jason Shepard with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Coming up next, we switch sides of the ball and hear from new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes as our BYU football spring scrimmage coverage continues from Lavelle Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the BYU football
1: spring scrimmage. Runs to retire at the five and gets
0: into the end zone for six on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to LaVellebert Stadium and our coverage of BYU spring football 2018. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Jason Shepard with you. Our spotter is Doug Martin. Our stats man is Tanner Wilkinson. Jeff Grimes, now a full fledged Division I offensive coordinator for the first time after a strong P5 run over a number of years. As he gets ready for his first uh, spring game as OC here at BYU, Jason Shepard chatted with Coach Grimes on the eve of today's scrimmage and the conclusion of a whirlwind winter and spring about his second go-round at BYU in this new capacity.
2: It's been a lot of fun. Honestly, I'm, I'm having as much fun as I've I've ever had coaching football. Um, I, I certainly enjoyed it my first time here and and the reasons that I enjoyed it when I was here before are the reasons that that I came back and the reasons that I'm enjoying it now. First, it's the people, and um, whether you're talking about the community, the school, the program, um, Coach Satake's been great. Um, All the guys that that I'm working with, um, both on offense and defense, great guys. I really, really am happy with our offensive staff. Guys have worked um, unbelievably hard this spring and then and then the players you know that's that's the biggest joy in in what we do and that's why we do it as coaches and and i've really very much enjoyed being around those guys and even though the names and faces are different than the guys that i coached when i was here before feels like the same guys
6: because of the profession you're certainly no stranger to moving around this just kind of comes with the territory of being a coach a lot has happened for you in the last little while the move and getting to know everybody again and implementing a new system i mean what have the last couple of months been like
2: well it's been really busy but a good busy (laughs) every everything's been great other than the time away from my family and again coach sataki has been great giving me time to get back and see them on weekends and and they were out here last weekend um but it's been really really busy um but but in a in a really really good productive way and the again the the coaches and players have been great everybody's just sunk their teeth into what we've asked them to do have shown up really excited to get to work every day that I've been here
6: what is the biggest hurdle to overcome in implementing a new offense both in general but also specifically with this group
2: well i think i think they're have been two things that I would I would mention. The first is is one that may or may not be an issue in in some changes. I feel like it was here and that's a that's a shift in the culture and that's changing the overall mindset of the group and becoming um, a group that has confidence, enthusiasm and passion about what they're doing. When I got here um, I feel like they had lost maybe some of that just Either due to a lack of success or hearing how how um, how bad they were last year, and so the first thing that we tried to do is is help them regain that passion and optimism about coming to work every day and and a confidence in the fact that we had enough ability here that if we if we execute and do our jobs individually, then collectively we can have success, and so a shift in the mindset and. Um, just the overall culture has been the biggest hurdle. However, um, that hurdle was overcome relatively quickly. And, and we're not over it yet. There's still there's still room for growth there and still some ground to gain, particularly when it comes to our confidence. But their willingness has, has been a 10 out of 10. Then the other thing is, is just uh, a teaching of the offense. And there's always uh, a time component to that, which as a coach, you um, – you want to move past as fast as you can, but it's just not feasible. So you got to put the time in and you got to put the effort in. And I think through that, you, you build confidence in, in what's going on. And again, that's one that, um, we're working through, certainly not there yet. Learning a new offense is, is, um, on one hand, like learning a new language. And so you learn a new language and then you can at least understand it from, um, From a mental standpoint, but that doesn't mean that you can go out and execute it. So then it's also like learning um, a new skill, like um, maybe a golfer who decides to reinvent his golf swing in the middle of his career. And so both components matter, and I would say we've made good progress towards both.
6: I would say maybe next to who's going to be the quarterback, one of the other questions you get asked more than anything else is what does your offense look like? And I know that you've mentioned and used the term multiple almost every time that you've talked about it. It's not just you, it's your coaches. They've all talked about this offense being multiple. The other thing that I thought was interesting was you had talked a lot about the fact that you're certainly coming in with an idea and something that you want to do, but it's important for you to make sure it fits with the personnel and what is here. How has that evaluation process been for you and the coaches to evaluate what works best with these guys
2: it's been really good um, we've put them in positions this spring so guys have the opportunity to make plays and and compete and show us what they can do and we've certainly found out a great deal about a lot of these guys but I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface of what some guys still have left in their reservoir I think there are a lot of guys who still have a lot more left to give and I think this spring they've learned the overall contents of the offense, but some of them haven't necessarily gained confidence in executing it. And so I believe that with their work this summer and fall camp, we'll see a lot more from some of our guys once they gain a little bit more confidence. And and so I guess what I'm saying is there's still a lot left to find out in the coming months. With the quarterback position,
6: I know that that's obviously a main focus and everybody wants to know. What has been your evaluation as spring comes to a conclusion of the quarterbacks
2: to this point. Pleased, number one, with the way they're being coached and developed. Coach Roderick's doing a tremendous job giving those guys all the tools to be successful. I think all of them can run our system. And again, um, our system being one that's multiple, we can tailor it to a particular type of quarterback once we figure out who that's going to be. Um, obviously, you want to build your offense about around what your quarterback does best. But there's also a certain element of those guys trying to show that they can execute our base offense Mm -hmm. and all of them, have done a good job in terms of, uh, making progress in, in the right direction. I'll start with Tanner since he's got the most experience and the oldest guy around. And obviously he hasn't been able to get live reps, but what he's done in terms of learning in the classroom and then throwing a little bit of pass skill and some one-on-one stuff has been uh, very positive. Then Bo Hodge has done a really nice job too. and, And he's battled some foot injuries, but has never complained about them. And, uh, and has done a nice job and, and come a long way. Joe Critchlow very steady, very solid performer who's made a lot of progress and then Zach Wilson being a freshman has done a really good job for for coming in as a, as a freshman and being a guy who should be behind and working incredibly hard to catch up. Still makes some, some freshman mistakes at times um, but has made a lot of progress to catch up with the other guys and then we've got Baylor and Stacy, who who are guys that still have room to develop but we believe have potential down the road is your goal by the time
6: the scrimmage is done To have a depth, a quarterback depth chart, is that important to you at this point? To have guys in a specific place? Or what is your thinking on that? Maybe not just quarterbacks, but all of the positions.
2: I think it's good once you can establish who's a clear number one at any position. However, if there's not a clear number one, then then I believe there's value in allowing that competition to continue throughout the summer and fall camp. There's no reason that we have to have anyone named as the starter until... Seven o'clock on (laughs) September 1st or whenever it is that we kick that game off. There's really, there's really no reason that we have to until that time. And so we'll allow the competition to continue until um, someone has proven themselves.
6: And you mentioned, I think it was actually earlier this week, that at the skill positions, you haven't had anybody really emerge. Based off of that answer, it, you want to build a foundation here, but it's really not that important by the end of spring that those guys have to emerge, or am I, am I not reading that correctly?
2: No, I think that's correct. I think we'll allow those guys, again, to compete um, as long as they need to until someone establishes himself in any of those positions, and um, that could be left guard or our starting Z receiver or our, or our starting tailback.
6: For what you're looking to accomplish at the scrimmage, what are those things that you're looking to see tomorrow? And I, and I asked Coach Tuiaki, I, I said, you know, a successful scrimmage for the defense will look like What? If I asked you that question, for the offense, a successful scrimmage tomorrow will be what for this team? Uh, can you give me Coach Tuiaki's answer first? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he actually said that he wanted, first of all, he wanted things to be cleaned up. But he was he was looking for, I don't want this to be considered like smack talk or anything. Stop the run. And then he, he wanted three takeaways.
2: Yeah. well, Which he ours, said
6: was going to be difficult because the <laughs> offense was playing so well.
2: <laughs> well, ours is obviously the, the antithesis <laughs> of that. Um, we want to... I want a clean scrimmage that shows um, that we know how to play football the right way, and that starts with guys playing hard and physical um, and ends with us taking care of the football and not having any foolish penalties. If we can do those things then then it'll it 'll be a success whether we whether we rush for um, Three yards a carry or five yards a carry isn't, isn't that big a deal to me uh, because we can correct some of those mistakes and we can improve, um, and, we're, and we're playing against some good defensive players and guys who, who have been playing within their system for quite a while. I would say if we walk off the field and we feel like our guys came out, played hard and played with energy, and we took care of the football, and we don't have foolish penalties, then it will be a success for us offensively. Coach
6: Grimes,
1: thank you so much. Great stuff, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Thanks. Go Cougs. That is new BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes with our Jason Shepard. Coming up after this break, the head man, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, coming up as our coverage of BYU spring football 2018 continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU spring scrimmage coming up. Jason Shepard chatting now with BYU's head coach Kalani Satake about his third spring and third season in charge of the Cougar football program and about how after such a crazy offseason, it's nice to be able to get back to on-the-field football activities.
3: Yeah, it's been great. I mean, just being able to focus on football, and that, that's what we're here to do with all the other uh, responsibilities, you know. That's the, um, the one that we basically get judged on. So, um yeah you know, it's just nice to get back to work and then uh, you know with some new faces and some guys can I think can help us be successful this fall and, and uh you know, it's just good it's just good to get get going and get to work. I think that's the only way you can fix things and fix uh, any the the kind of the rut we're in right now
6: and I know you've been asked a lot about last year and the four and nine season and I actually think it was the first day of spring practice, and butch Powell was saying, look after four and nine season if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. How much motivation has that been for everybody?
3: I think everyone's different, you know. But I think for the most part, everyone knows that's not what BYU is about, you know. And I think I think Butch nailed right on the head where he said that there's there's a uh, I don't know, whenever you, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but if it's not a, a good indication of how talented you are and, and what you think you could accomplish, then I think that um, that that that's the problem that we need to fix, and that's what we try to fix in the off season. Um, Try to do it a lot of different ways, and then not just um, with the staff, but also with you know how we operate and some things that we do in practice. Just look, look at a lot of the evaluation time, and uh, got some good feedback from. Uh, you know, the new coaches that we added and, and what's worked for them. And so when we're able to, you know, share some ideas, I think this is what we came to. And I think it's it's worked so far, it's worked really well.
6: As much as that is motivation, I know you've talked about the fact that at some point, though, you have to turn the page. It has to be about what's coming up next. How has this group, this program done with that in terms of turning the page as well?
3: Well, I mean, even if you have success, I think you just need to get moving move to the next year idea i think nine and four the nine and four year i think a lot of people were just like oh what could have been when we lost the four games by a total what eight points Mm -hmm. you know so but i thought that we probably dwelt on that too long and um maybe got a little bit too complacent thinking that we were better than we really were and uh, i looked at it like we missed a huge opportunity to really accomplish a a special thing you know so um after this last year whether people just thought that it was going to happen again i don't know but um obviously didn't you know and um so my first goal is look at what I can do differently as a head coach and uh, make some changes to my my approach and a lot of different things I mean I'm not I don't know all the answers but I know how to fix some things right so uh, that's what we we went with and and as I started looking from my my own um, responsibilities I looked at where else we could improve and and this
6: is the result of of those thoughts and and um, the adjustments that I decided to make. Well, and you mentioned the coaching staff, and I'm sure that's part of what you're alluding to. What has been your impression or your early evaluation of this new coaching staff?
3: Well, they're great. I mean, first of all, they're all really great men, you know. So um, I like the way that they live their life. I like the way that they conduct themselves in, in public and to others, and the way they represent themselves. But I think they they connect really well with what the mission is here at BYU, and but I've been really impressed with them is how appreciative they are to be here, mm-hmm. and the type of players that they get to coach. You know, and and I think that uh, it's refreshing to have these guys be all about the players, and they they look at the strengths that our players have rather than um, thinking that you can just fix it by getting a new player. You know, I think that's an easy fix, saying, "Well, we just need to get these certain players." But um, you're forgetting that guys can. You're forgetting that guys can be really good um, in your program, and a lot of them are just coming a year off their mission, you know. So, I think I think uh, have coaches that 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 appreciate their players and and know to get how to get the most out of them is really. It's been really good for me to watch, and um, and I say that with a lot of respect with the former coaches, you know, and for what they did here. But uh, these guys came, they, and Coach Grimes specifically wanted to make things his own, and. I've looked at Coach Tuyaki and what he's done on the defense and changed some things, and, you know, we, we we're looking to get better. And so uh, I'm just not a guy that's going to hope that, that what we're doing is going to work, you know. And, and so whatever we can do to shock the system and, and
6: wake things up, then that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Before spring started, when you sat down with your coaching staff, what were the primary goals you were looking to accomplish over these four, almost five weeks? Well, I, I just wanted to get better. Individually, and I, I,
3: I judge my coaches on how their um their players improve, and I'm talking about the fundamentals and the technique, the little details in their assignment, the details in in their technique, and so um, I'm pleased to say that a lot of those, uh, all the coaches did their job in spring. Um, the the spring scrimmage is just to highlight and show the, the fans what we can do and put our guys in the stadium and. Uh, kind of have an ending to the spring spring, uh, spring football time, but uh, I've been really happy with the way our, our coaches have conducted their rooms and, and put, handled their position groups, you know, and I, I can say a lot of guys got better and for the most part um, our team has become a lot faster and stronger because of that and because of their hard work and the attention to details and the discipline that our, um, our coaches are, are enforcing on our players, you know, and BYU is a difficult place to be, but they need really good mentors along the way, and I'm really happy with what our coaches are doing.
6: I know sometimes coaches don't like to single guys out specifically, but is is there anybody that comes to mind when you were talking about really pleased with some of the improvement you're seeing from guys? Is is there anybody that stands out or a couple of guys that stand out to you? No, I I, I hate listing one or two because I forget (laughs) everyone. Or else I'll
3: just list the whole roster right now, you know, so – I just think everybody got better, and and hopefully everyone will see it in the scrimmage, you know. But um, there's also guys that we know can perform and had done well in spring practice um, but really don't need to get all the reps um, tomorrow. And a lot of those guys we know on defense, you know, I think offensively they're going to play most of the guys because they want to see them perform again one more time in a live situation. But defensively, Butch um, Pau and Sionitake and, and, Taki, um, they did enough in spring. Don't really need to watch them in this, and same with Corbin Cafusi. But um, it'd be a good time for Christian Falao and, uh, and and those other players that, that are that are going to benefit from the reps to, to really step up. Um, guys that have been away for a year, you know, from from a year removed from their mission or even less than that. A guy like uh, like uh, Lopini Cato, you know, and um, and even guys like Riley Burt that that have really improved in in, in spring. And so I, I'm listing a bunch of guys, but I think if you go through each position group, I've been really pleased with the running backs and that group, even with Kavika's injury. You know, mm-hmm. I think that we'll get him back. But I, he was doing some great things. Just the whole group is starting to improve. Really happy with the linemen and what Coach P has done with the O line. And he's shifted guys around. Uh, you see, um, th- uh, you know, if you look at uh, Thomas Schofield, he's gained weight, he's bigger. Seeing Tristan Hodge coming off a redshirt year when, from the transfer. and um, Jacob Jimenez getting better. You know, he's he's healthy now. And seeing a guy like James Empey who uh, hadn't been home a year yet. But uh, you just seeing all these guys step up and, and become good players. And then guys like Austin Hoyt that are making some really good plays at the right tackle position. Uh, the emergence of Brady Christensen at O-line. And uh, I know I'm forgetting some guys, but there's a we feel like there's a good, um, probably, you know, 11 to 12 guys that we think could really help out in the depth chart and we're adding some guys that come off their missions too and some more O-line but I, I'm really happy with the tight ends and with Steve Clark's done with the tight ends um, and so you know, you, even the, the really young guys that haven't had any much experience are starting to step up and so Steve's done a great job with that group. The receivers they've done really well there too, and you know Fessy's done a good job with the with that whole that whole group. And as far as running precise routes and focusing on their details of their routes and and blocking downfield, all that stuff matters. And so um, Akile and Micah and Talon, those guys done well. Leva, so uh, I've been really happy with that whole group. And and uh, you've seen guys step up and make plays. And so hopefully we will see more from that from. The, receiver group tomorrow and looking forward to see what they do even in the rain I mean it's not like baseball we have to play in the rain so and then I like the quarterback position you know there's a lot of them and some really good talent some guys that, that need more reps and then that's why we're there going live
0: The BYU football spring scrimmage. Loads up with his right hand, throws down and in. Catch me, touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: BYU football spring scrimmage 2018. Coverage continues. Players on the field and getting ready to get to their stretch and warm-up portion of activity here in a couple of moments. You heard uh, Kalani Satake a few moments ago. More from Kalani's coming up after the top of the hour. Mark, in the 30 seconds or so we have here before our top of the hour break, uh, your impressions of what you heard from the two coordinators and some of Kalani so far. Well,
4: I really like everything that's going on. The energy from the coaching staff has been really good. I like how they organize and uh, do things. The there's just a huge amount of repetition of redoing, 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 and we just watched out here. They were running plays against no defense, and everybody steps through their assignment, and it's so easy to identify everything that's going on. I I think that they've really got a good handle on incorporating the new stuff coming in, and they're doing it with a lot of energy and positive attitude. So I really see a lot of good things
1: happening with the spring ball offense versus defense offense in royal blue the defense in white and that will be our setup for today to hear the horn they're getting their stretches and warm-ups underway and we'll soon have some plays to call we're taking our top of the hour break our listeners on ksl will hear top of the hour news our listeners on byu radio will enjoy a commercial break until we come back at five past the hour this is byu foot spring football 2018 on the new skin byu sports network Welcome into hour number two of our 2018 BYU football spring practice and scrimmage coverage. We are live at Lavelle Bird Stadium in Provo, where the BYU players and coaches are now on the field and, ga- and uh, getting way with their pre-scrimmage stretching. Greg Grubel and Mark Lyons with you in the broadcast booth. Let's bring in our sideline reporter for today, Jason Shepard, from down at the field level. Jason, it says 51 degrees, a six mile per hour wind, and 86 percent humidity. That last number threatens rain, but for the last couple three hours, it's been dry here at the stadium. How are things down at field level? you mentioned I mean it is cooler but I I actually felt the ground and the ground is damp but it's
6: not really wet so as of right now it really should not be any type of problem for these players you mentioned though uh, for the last couple of hours no rain I'm looking actually to the west which is where the weather is coming from and there are light skies no rain currently we're not expected to get any rain at least for the next hour possibly hour and a half there's a chance and I don't maybe by I'm mentioning it, maybe I'm jinxing it, but there's a chance we may be able to get through the spring with the scrimmage without any rain, but it is on its way. We'll just see if it's something that makes its way here before the scrimmage ends. In terms of the fans, fans still lining up and coming in from both sides of the stadium. Several thousand people already here, which really says a lot about BYU fans, and we know how passionate they are about their Cougars. Uh, they're here to support this team and looking to help give them the uh, the
1: oomph maybe that they need to kind of put last season behind them and let them know that the fans are still supporting them, guys. Shep, thank you. We'll be back down with Jason Shepard uh, throughout the day for uh, in-scrimmage commentary and the post-scrimmage interviews. Of course, Jason, a big part of our pregame coverage with his interviews he's done with the two coordinators, Eli Satuyaki and Jeff Grimes, along with head coach Kalani Satake. Our schedule for today, we are now in the stretch and warm-up portion of the schedule. It was supposed to last eleven to o'clock, eleven o'clock to around eleven fifteen. From eleven fifteen to eleven thirty, we're going to see uh, individual unit and/or Skelly slash six on seven work. Before we go live, eleven on eleven. That is the schedule uh, for this morning and afternoon. Coming up after the break, we'll hear more from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake with our Jason Shepard as our coverage of BYU Spring Football 2018 continues on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the BYU football spring scrimmage. Runs to a tackle at the 5 and gets into the end zone for 6. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Looking for live 11-on-11 11 11 football to begin around the bottom of the hour. Another horn is sounded here at Lavella Stadium as position groups now break into uh, different portions of the field. Then some six-on-seven and skelly work to come. Then we'll have scrimmage at around 11.30. Between now and then, some more from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Greg Rubel here with Mark Lyons upstairs. Jason Shepard down on the field. And yesterday, Jason was talking with Kalani about spring football 2018. And Kalani discussing with Shep that while he never wants to see guys get hurt, the priority is to have guys ready for a real game. And so, Mark, as you've talked about, it's been a real heavy physical yeah. spring, right? It lots, has. Lots going on in the way of activity. Co- uh, quarterbacks live, all of that. And because of that, Physical play, Kalani says, is a necessity to get ready to play. But Kalani now answers the question, how difficult is it to balance those two things in spring? It's difficult because you
3: you want to have all your cards. and But at the same time, um, you need to know how they perform, you know. So uh, I think the move, to be honest with you, um, the injuries that we've had have been really kind of fluky things, you know. Like, um, and, and, and a lot of them aren't... aren't really something that could be prevented other than not practicing in the mornings and so as we move to the afternoon in the fall um i think it just makes sense and, and and with some of the research that we've done um these guys are showing up at 6 a.m in the morning and what college kid you know goes to bed at 9:30? you know what i mean so um they and they're they're usually a lot of them aren't breakfast people um i think that's just society right and it, and so they 're showing up here they 're dehydrated because they 've slept all night, and then they don 't have food in their stomach and then we 're asking them to go out and practice and lift and do all these things and even if they were able to get um, i mean we lift and and practice and meet and so by the time we 're practicing it's still they 're not not fully rested and they 're mm-hmm. not fully they don 't have all the nutrition they need so as we move to the afternoon, I think that'll be better for us and plus the weather gets better yeah. for us and, and it 's just a better move. I understand where the morning uh, thing comes from, but and that's kind of like an NFL thing, too, you know, but these are college kids. And I think it, as I think about what, you know, what college kids do, it's just I just don't whether they're playing Fortnite or whatever it is, just, you know, or watching TV or movies. I mean, the kids don't go to bed at a reasonable hour and are
6: you a breakfast guy by the way
3: i eat six meals a day so um, <laughs> you don't get this figure from just only eating and skipping stuff so i i just like to change up and eat um dinner for breakfast mm. some people eat breakfast for dinner i do the opposite so i like to have three dinners <laughs> no the um i i mean i i'm i'm going back to that because i think there's probably more of those issues causing us to to get injuries whether it's a different place. I mean, it's just little tweaks and, and aches, and we we did a lot of research with even schools like Wisconsin and um, other Power Five programs that play a physical brand of football, and they had more injuries than we did, you know. But I, I think for us, we attribute a lot of our issues because of uh, not not being um, not having the best nutrition in the mornings, and when we practice, it's just it's almost like survival mode in the mornings, and so uh, we'd like to get to the afternoons and and better weather it just seems like a better fit for us and most of our our players most of their classes will start around 10 a.m and so regardless of what time you go to bed I think that you know they'll, they'll get up and if they wake up and brush their teeth and they'll probably have to get up at 9:30 or whatever it takes but I think that's a better fit for what we can do and um, that's I think that move would help improve it but back to the original question about protecting your players I just um, we have to play football we have to and it's just it's like playing basketball at only three on three. You, you you don't know what it's like with the full court unless you put all the all the cards on the table. And for us, uh, trust me, I'm I'm the most paranoid guy when it comes to having our quarterbacks go live and and ha- playing such a physical game and being physical in, in spring. But the coaches need to see it, and I, I'm with them on it. So and it's been a good improvement for us. But I, there's always caution, right? And there's always a little ner- being nervous about. Uh, guys getting hurt, but um, um, this, there's no fear going into this season, and uh, we're going to have to play tough football and and make,
6: take some risks, and, and hopefully uh, be be healthy at the end of it. You mentioned the quarterbacks a couple of times, and you said a minute ago that you like what you're seeing from that position specifically, the quarterback position. What do you think you have in that group, and what should fans? Expect to see from the quarterback specifically at the scrimmage?
3: Well, I mean, the scrimmage is, we don't want to give away everything. You don't give away the playbook, but I think we'll do, it's it's not going to be a dummy down defense. We have to give them different looks. Otherwise, it doesn't give us, it doesn't do anything to see a quarterback go against one defense the entire time. So um, we'll have probably more defense in the scrimmage than people have seen in the past, and that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of film on our defense, but. There's still be some new things to it, and we have to put them under pressure sometimes, and um, so we can see how our quarterbacks react, and um, you know see how our pass protection, our o line can pick up blitzes, and so yeah, I, I'm just really happy with with um, what Coach Grimes has done with his, with his group, and with Aaron Roderick, A-Rod's done with his quarterbacks, is that there there's they're different strengths with them all, so they're not trying to make them all one type of player, but the offense that we have can highlight. Um, their strengths, you know what I mean, and so uh, because it's such a balanced and uh, it's a it's a it's so many, it's such a different it's a unique type of offense that I think it, it'll fit when Bo's in it fits more his style, um, and then when when Tanner's in or when um, Joe's in or or Zach or Baylor or Stacy any of those guys that are in the game it'll kind of highlight what they're good at, but it also um, how are you supposed to get better if you never work on your weaknesses you know so. Um, if if a quarterback's struggling in one thing, then he needs to make that weakness become better a strength for them, and that's uh, that's it's harder, but that's what our guys are, are working on, and I've been really pleased with it I, because you're not just I say we're going to highlight their strengths, but at the same time, you don't do that by just neglecting your weaknesses. You have to work on your weaknesses and and to make it so you're more comfortable with it. You know, and that's that's what their approach has been. I've been really really happy with what I've seen from the quarterbacks and. I'm seeing guys that have struggled with certain routes and struggled with certain plays become better at it and and a lot more comfortable with it because they're working on it.
6: When it comes to scrimmages, what's your philosophy? Do you like to have the entire thing scripted? And then also, how many plays do you anticipate trying to get through tomorrow?
3: Um, we'll, We'll warm up. Um, with new and the strength staff and then we'll probably do a, a little bit 15 minute individual time to get them all warmed up and it'll be a little colder so we'll have to make sure all our muscles are, are warmed up for tomorrow and then after that we'll do a, a 15 minute skelly period, you know, 7 on 7 um, most of that's because Tanner can't do the 11 on 11 stuff yet, he's done a little bit in practice and but we don't want to put him in that position and um, we're making them all the quarterbacks live so obviously he won't be going in that that part of the practice but he will participate in the 7 on 7 and then um, after that we're going to go live and, and probably an hour of live work and depending on how many plays we get uh, I'm not putting it limited to the play the mm-hmm. play number I'm just going to get a feel and I'd like to see everybody on the field and get 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 some film you know and see guys pr- produce and so uh I don't know it's it's won't go longer than than uh it won't, the, the whole event won't go longer than past one I, I imagine it'll be done around 12:40 between twelve thirty and twelve forty-five, it will all be called from from the field. Um, we'll have headphones, so uh, defense will call their side, and and Coach Grimes and the offense will call their side, and we'll try to do it as much of, of like a game type situation with all the. I mean, the only thing is, we'll probably if there's turnovers, which I hope there isn't a lot of them, but if there is, probably quick whistle on that, and then. Um, but everything else will be live, and we'll just do it like a game.
6: All right, Kalani, last thing before I let you go and appreciate your time. After the scrimmage, spring is officially done. So from the time that the scrimmage ends tomorrow, what is the next step for you guys in preparing yourself for the fall?
3: Well, it goes to off-season conditioning. And for our, our players, we'll give them some time off um, to focus on finals coming up here in the, in the next couple weeks. And um, so once they're done with their finals, and we'll get right back to it. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll have a really good uh, training camp in the off season between now and when we start. And we report back in July, the end of July, and then uh, during that time, I like we're we're not really in great football shape right now because we are focused on getting stronger as a as a team. And so um, we'll be in better football shape when it comes to the season. Right now we're we're going through a phase. Although we're scrimmaging tomorrow. And there are guys that, that will be in good shape. They're, just not, they're not in premier football shape right now. But um, by the time we get our off-season conditioning, the focus will now go more towards getting them ready for, for the game and focus a little bit more on running and conditioning, more than the strength-building part. We'll still do both, but this is going to be focused on trying
6: to make sure we're ready to roll when we... Go to the desert and play play Arizona. Kalani, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this extended interview. Good luck on Saturday. Appreciate it. It'll be fun. Thank you.
1: All right, our thanks to today's sideline guy, Jason Shepard, and to the coaches, Coach Kalani Sitake and coordinators Jeff Grimes and Elisa Tuiaki for helping to augment our pre-scrimmage coverage here from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, Mark, we're at the uh, winding down in what Kalani referred to as the individual segment of warm-ups. So after stretches and whatnot, they all broke into position groups, and that's what we've been seeing the last five or ten minutes on the field is each group in different parts of the field going through individual position drills.
4: And repetition, repetition, repetition is that same uh, genre That's what they're going to try and just repeat and repeat until they improve those things. And I liked a few of the things that Kalani said. You know, he was saying that they have to play football. This is that's what the game and you try to protect your players. But on the other hand, there's so many times that people are injured in just individual drills. They uh, their foot slides. You know, uh, Troy Warner last year wasn't hit. He just went down. So you do worry about the contact injuries, but they get just as many serious injuries without contact. It's just one of those things. The big part that I think is the change in football today is the size, strength, and speed of players. They're just so much bigger, so much stronger, and so much faster. And how much can your body take, Greg? You know? <laughs> I'm asking you.
1: I just spent a week at Disneyland, and I felt pretty (laughs) wasted. All right? So So there you go. I spent a week walking and standing in lines and doing rides, and I feel like it took a lot out of me. So you know where I'm coming from. So you know that
4: they're trying to make the game fit the personnel now so that you reduce those injuries, but I, uh, I like the, the stuff that he's talking about.
1: Alright, we'll come back, and when we do, we'll likely be into some six-on-seven skelly work, so some offensive skill players on the field, some defenders trying to make plays, and we'll have that until a little closer to the bottom of the hour, and right around 11.30 or thereabouts, we'll see 11-on-11 11 11 scrimmage action as we continue. Greg and Mark with Jason Shepard here at Lavella Bridge Stadium. This is BYU Spring Football 2018 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.